What an invitation from God as we begin our month of praise. Do you know, it says in the Bible, in Mark chapter 14, that a woman came to Jesus and she wept as she, she began to wipe his feet with her hair and her tears. And then it says she broke open this, this box of oil and poured it over his feet. What an act of radical praise and worship. And so many times we can come to church and there are things that, that are just waiting to be broken open, broken out, released in our life. And the question is, what restraints, what confinements are in our lives that stop us radically praising God? What are the things that need to be broken in your life today? So Jesus may be worshipped. I ask you today, what needs to be broken in your life today so Jesus may be worshipped like this woman worshipped Jesus? What needs to be shattered in your life? See, for some of us, uh, it's, and maybe it's, it's fear of, of the person next to us. Maybe it's we're afraid that we might shock ourselves. Maybe it's just like, Maybe God may not be happy with this. For others, it's like, well, I just don't feel like it. Or, or you don't understand all the things I've carried in today. This woman broke open everything that was valuable to her so she could worship Jesus. You know, the Bible teaches us, church, that you were created to praise God. Let me read it to you in, in Isaiah 43, 21. And I'm, I'm waiting, I'm, I'm, I'm urging, I'm expecting people to respond today. The Bible says, The people whom I'm formed for myself, they will declare my praise. The people who I've created, they will declare my praise. The reason that many Christians are frustrated, discouraged, burnout, miserable, Eeyore type mentality is because they haven't realized that God has designed them to be radical praises of Him. Yeah. I'll say it over this side. God has designed you to be a radical praiser of Him. And it's, and it's part of your DNA that the Bible says you were created. God shaped you to worship Him with all of your heart. David was a man after God's own heart. He's a picture for us of how God created us to be. The Bible says that we are to use our bodies to express praise. Our bodies are the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Your body is incredibly important in your act of worship. We present our bodies as a living sacrifice. David danced. You may wonder, why are these people dancing up the front? Why are they doing that? Well, David danced with all his might before the Lord and everything that had been mocking him was brought down. Are you getting this? See, what happens as you begin to dance before the Lord, God begins to judge everything that has been mocking you and taunting you. Maybe it's been disease and sickness and fear and restriction. As we begin to dance before the Lord, God says, I will begin to judge all your enemies as you dance before Him. Wow! Every force that resists you and your rights as a son of God, a daughter of God, they will be brought low as you begin to dance before the Lord. We say, well, how could that do it? The same way 
as when they marched around the walls of Jericho. How could marching and blowing a trumpet and shouting bring down the greatest spiritual resistance that Israel had ever faced? And they brought it down with a shout of praise. You need to understand that. Wow. I say, let's not be so self-conscious. Let's be God-conscious. Amen. So the Bible gives us all these cues, lifting up our hands in Psalm 63, verse 4, clapping our hands, Psalm 47, verse 1, standing before the Lord, 100, Psalm 135, bowing and kneeling before the Lord, Psalm 95, 6, dancing before the Lord, Psalm 149, verse 3. We have to initiate praise in our life. It ain't just going to happen. God's not going to come down and say, you know, it'd be good if you praise. We initiate it. Psalm 63, 67, verse 3 says, Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. Let the nations be glad. You see the ripple effect? As you make a decision to praise, to be radical in your praise, it begins to go down the road. Lynn, when you begin to be radical, it goes down the road. It says, as I praise, then the nations will praise. As we, as a collective community, make a decision, there's not just a couple of radical people up the front. It's the whole blooming lot. Imagine going to a church. I've been to churches where the whole entire church is, I was going to say, stark raving mad. But it's like, it's like, I read at the start, they, they, they look mad to the world, but they're not mad to God. They're rejoicing, they're singing. Even before the worship begins, I've seen an uproar of praise because people can't wait. And I just prophesy and I declare over this house, this will be known as the most radical bunch of praises in all of this city. I'll be, I'll be embarrassed to come to church. Oh, no, stop. No, not ever. Come on. I said to the group before church in the Old Testament, there were no empty hands. You couldn't come to the tabernacle without an offering, a sacrifice. You couldn't come in. No entry. In the New Covenant, We have a sacrifice that we bring. It's not bulls and goats. It's the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips giving thanks. Every one of us today have brought a gift to the Lord. We come to Jesus bearing gifts. And it's the gift of praise, of radical devotion, of excitement and enthusiasm. We're saying we will not dare come into the house, the body of believers, without there being radical Praise to our God. Well, I'll just come after the praise. You've missed the whole point. Well, I just come for the preaching. Well, you've come to receive a gift, but you haven't given a gift. You're not worthy to receive a gift until you give one. Yeah? And as we give to the Lord, He says, I'll give back. Press down, shaking together, running. I have a conviction the more that we learn to praise, the more revelation will flow back through the Word of God. You think, well, if only the preacher could do a better job, if only he could bring deeper revelation, there is a, there is a 
part to play of the preacher, but there's a part where the people, as they begin to worship and praise, it unlocks revelation. The prophet would call in the minstrel before he would give a word of the Lord and he would begin to play the musicians and the anointing of the Holy Spirit would come and revelation would begin to flow out. The power of praise. How many people excited about that? Psalm 149 verse 4 says, For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. Do you hear that? He takes pleasure in us. And as we worship, he says, I'm coming. And when I come, I'm going to touch all the afflicted, all the needy. And that word salvation means I'm going to bring deliverance, aid, victory, prosperity, and health. As we come in need, and we go, you know what? There's so many things that need to be fixed in my life and this and that. But you know what? I choose to worship you with reckless enthusiasm and abandonment to you. He says, I, I take pleasure in that. God says, I, take I see that you have bring in a sacrifice of praise. I see that you've poured out your heart. You've broken it open at a great cost to you. And I take great, great pleasure. See, God's heart is longing for a people that would come with reckless praise. His heart's saying, oh, for a people that would worship me. And not just sit there. No, he's saying, I want reckless lovers. And says, and then I begin to bring deliverance and, pro and aid and victory. You know, there's a story of Leah. I've often preached about her in, in a slightly negative context. She was, she was a woman that no one wanted to marry. She was the one that was like the, she, you know, if you pick the footy team, she was always the last to be picked. She was always on the bench. And so she gets married by deception to her husband, Jacob. And she longed to be loved by him. But he wouldn't love her. He was after her sister. She was a beauty. But Leah, well, she was, she just didn't, she, you know. <laughs> but here's the wonderful thing about this woman. God caused her to bear three sons. And every time she bore a son, she hoped that Jacob would love her. She named her first son Reuben. Surely he will notice and see me. didn't work. So she named her second son Simeon. Surely, surely I would be heard. Surely someone begin to hear the cry of my heart, would see my heart, would recognize me. No good. So she bears another son Levi and his name means attached. Surely there will be, there will be somebody that wants to bond to my heart. I am in great need. No good. Finally, she bears a son and his name is Judah. Judah, and this time, Judah means I will praise the Lord. This time, I will praise the Lord. You know, I've come in, it feels like I'm not heard, I'm not seen, that, that I don't have great attachments in my life, but I choose to praise the Lord. And from that day on, she bore no more sons. This defined her life forever. She made a decision. Even though my life hasn't worked out, I choose to worship God. And that was enough for her. She was satisfied from that day forever. 
I want to tell you something today. Your, your satisfaction, your, everything about you, your fulfillment won't come by somebody noticing you, hearing you, somebody loving you. It will come as you praise and you worship God. Something will come alive and you will say, this is why I was born to be alive. Hallelujah. So she gives birth to Judah. Judah's selected as the tribe of preeminence. What an amazing thing. God's telling us that praise is the most important thing. Genesis 49, verse 9, verse 8, sorry, it says, Judah, your brothers will praise you. See, when you begin to praise, God begins to turn everything around. Now the brothers are praising Judah. You were seeking for affirmation. You were seeking for all these things from the world. And then you made a decision, you know what? I'm going to forget about everything and I'm just going to begin to worship God. And all of a sudden, God begins to turn things around and all the things that you needed, God brings to you. He says, your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Your sons, your father's sons will bow to you. Judah's like a lion from the prey. So, so he's not no, no longer captive. He's taking things captive. He's a lion. He's the king. He's in control. He has authority. And all this is birthed from that place of praise. I love it. It's, I could preach a whole sermon on just this passage, but I won't. But you notice down in verse 11, it says he will tie his foal to the vine and his donkey's colt to the choice vine. He will wash his garments in wine and his robes in the blood of grapes. These are all pictures, prophetic pictures of affluence, of wealth, of increase. This all flowed out of a decision by one woman to praise God in the midst of her pain. Even though she was rejected and misunderstood, she made it. This is, this is where I This will be the definition of my life. From this day forward, I will be known as the woman that gave birth to Judah. And out of that came influence, increase, everything that she desired. Hosea 10, 11 says, Judah shall plow. Isn't that interesting? The hardest ground in your life, Maybe you're facing things that can't be shifted. You just begin to praise and God begins to plough up the ground. So now you can begin to sow your seed. Before you were sowing and nothing was happening. You're praying and fasting and, and, and all these things. And God's saying, just begin to worship me. Praise is the highest form of faith. There's one thing that you can do right now you'll never be able to do in heaven. That is praise in the midst of your problems. It defies every work of the enemy. It says, though you come against me, I shall take a stand and praise the Lord. There's such power when God's people begin to praise and to worship him. Every fellow ground will be broken. If you've got a problem in a relationship today, begin to worship God over your son, over your daughter, over your marriage, whatever it is. It defies, it's fallow, it's hard. You've cried over it. You've said, God, when, when, when? Begin to worship and say, God, you are Lord over this circumstance. I lift you up. I rejoice in the God of my salvation. You are my deliverer. You are my aid. You are my protector. You go in to fight the battles I can't fight. Psalm 149.5. 
Continues on, it says, let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Oh, I thought that's an interesting concept. Singing aloud on my bed. Do you know what the word bed means in the Hebrew? Would you like to know? It means a sleeping room, but it also means to lay down for sexual contact. Think about that. Not literally, but think about that. As I begin to worship God, he says, he's going to lead me into divine encounters that leave me pregnant with promises. This is the bed he's talking about. It's a bed of, of divine, as it were, sexual contact or divine Divine intimacy with the Father as I worship before I go to sleep, as I pray, as I say, God, you are worthy. Everything that's happened today, everything that will happen tomorrow, I give you praise. He says, You are entering into a place where you're about to get pregnant with the promises of God yeah. as we worship. How amazing. Yeah. Some of you just want to, that you want breakthrough, you want fruitfulness. Well, when you go to sleep at night, begin to worship. And understand that as you sleep throughout the night, you are ascending into the throne room of God where you're going to come back filled with new life and blessing. Amen? Yeah. Woohoo! All right. Now let's look at verse 6. We're on the home stretch. Let the high praises... Now, now the focus shifts from our personal praise... And what it does to us and how we respond to God, now it's shifting to warfare. Remember last week I spoke about the rise of the warrior. It says, let the high praises, that word high praises means both in volume and in location. We're ascending now into the heavenlies with a shout of praise. We're shifting gears in the spirit. Last week we talked about a gear shift. A transition, a shift. We've been struggling and all of a sudden as we begin to worship, we sense there's a shift happening. I'm, I'm, I'm moving from being stuck to being propelled into destiny. Things that have been coming up against me, there's a shift in the spirit as I begin to worship him with radical abandonment. As I praise his name, there's a shift. Let the high praises be in our mouth and the two-edged sword in our hand. We will execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the people. We'll bind the kings with chains. That word literally means we will send out missiles, flashes of fire and flaming arrows. Now this is not literally people. This is a, this is a picture of what's taking place with strongholds over nations, over cities, over churches, over regions, over workplaces, over marriages, whatever it might be, God says as we praise and we ascend into his very presence, we need to understand as we corporately come together, there are flaming arrows being shot out to undermine all the works of the evil one. This is not just some sing-along 
This is not some sort of party. This is not a, a kumbaya party. We're coming together as the mighty body of Christ, as the mighty army of the living God. We're coming together knowing that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to pull down strongholds. And when you and I worship, when we come together in one accord, that means every one of us all together focused on the King of kings and the Lord of lords, on worshipping and praising. He says, as we ascend, flaming arrows go out from this place into every area of the enemy's works and brings him down. Wow. This is not a sing-along party. This is worship and praise. Wow. We will execute on them the written judgment. This honour have, listen, all of his saints. We're all called to this honour. We are all called to this honour. All of us. It doesn't matter if you've been born again for one day or a hundred years. It doesn't matter, male, female, doesn't matter. Nobody's disqualified. Every one of you today as a born again believer, everyone listening to my voice on Facebook or wherever you may be, Every believer has an honour from God to ascend to the throne and worship him and release judgment on all the works of the evil one. If we want God to move in our city, praises have to go up. Worship has to go up. Radical abandonment. We haven't begun to see the exploits of God as, as, and it's all connected to the people of God getting a revelation of the power of of praise. Let us enter his courts with thanksgiving. We enter his courts with praise. It's the entryway to the very throne of God where God releases judgment on the enemy. Zechariah 9.13 says, I have bent Judah my bow. That's what we are as we worship God's bending his bow like that. He says, and fitted the bow with Ephraim. Ephraim is a picture of strength and fruitfulness. God is putting the bow in our praise of fruitfulness and divine strength against the works of the enemy. I've raised up your sons, O Zion, against the sons of Greece. Greece in, in this passage is a picture of the Gentile nations. It's a picture of all the works of the evil one. Not about Greece literally, but it's figuratively. He says, I have made you like the sword of a mighty warrior. Then the Lord will be seen over them. Listen, and his arrow will go forth like lightning. The Lord of hosts will defend them. As we worship, God puts an arrow in his bow like lightning and he releases it into the works of the evil one and brings down his works. This is praise and warfare. Psalm 68.1 says, let God arise. And his enemies be scattered. Sing to God, sing praise to his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds. The clouds is a metaphoric picture of angels. When it says he comes on the clouds, he comes on the wings of the angels. It says he rides on the clouds. So when we worship, arrows go out, lightnings go out. He releases the angels to work on our behalf. Wow. Praise is the currency used to transfer any battle we have from our hands to his. Ha, 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 ha. So we praise him. He says, right, I'll take over. Move back. Give me the arrow. Here's the bow. 
wham, against the enemy. Isaiah 30, 31. The voice of the Lord, for at the voice of the Lord, Assyria will be terrified. He will strike them with a rod, every blow of the rod of punishment. When the Lord will lay on him, which the Lord will lay on him, will be with the music of tambourines. In the uh, Hebrew, that means um, something else. It can't be tambourines. (laughs) It's a picture of the electric guitar today. And liars. That's the first question I'm going to ask God when I get to heaven. What's the deal with tambourines? Really? And he said, I was just waiting for the martial amp to be built. And in battles, he will brandish weapons. He will fight them. See, as we worship and praise this passage, is saying he will strike the enemy with a rod. He will go on our behalf. He will punish the works of the evil one. Praise is so powerful. Praise is so powerful. God says, I will deliver you from the works of the evil one when you praise. Your job is not to fight, it's to stand still and to worship and let God fight the battles that you can't fight. You, you fight, it always, it always fails. You get yourself into all sorts of messes, knots, you, you, you mess it up and, and God's saying, stop it, stop it, stop it. You worship and let me work. You worship and let me war. You worship and I will get the bow and the arrow and I will sink it into the heart of the enemy and take him down. Some of you have got long-standing relationships where the enemy is defied that will ever change. You praise and you put that big, dirty, big arrow, that lightning strike into the enemy's heart. Out of the mouth of babes, he's ordained praise or strength. So he may silence the enemy and still the avenger. As we praise, there's strength that is released. He silences the works of the evil one. He stills his work in our lives. The power of praise. You know, that, that sounds good, Andrew. I guess I, I, I guess I could consider it. No, God's not asking your opinion here. God's giving you a strategy for battle. God's saying, if you will begin to worship me and forget about everyone else, if you will begin to worship me with all of your heart and all of your might, if you lift me up, I'll begin to I'll arise on your behalf and I'll pull down the strongholds in your life. You were created to praise. You will never be satisfied. You can have the best job, the best car, the best wife, the most money, every, all that in the world. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything for you. Because deep in our heart, we're created to worship and to praise. We're designed for that. He's created us to be praisers. And out of that flows all our breakthrough, all our victories, all the revelation. I said before, as we praise, it opens the door to deliverance. It opens the doors to the prophetic. As we worship and praise, God will give you solutions and ideas and strategies. As we praise, it opens the door for God's presence to come into our life. We were designed to praise. Musicians and singers, come to the front. We're starting a whole month of praise and worship. And by the end of the month, I declare that there's going to be a total shift in the atmosphere over your life, over your family, over your workplace, over the suburbs that you live in. There's going to be a shift over this church. Amen. There will be a shift over our city because we begin to discover the power of praise and worship. 
We come bearing gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. We come bearing gifts of praise to our King. What else could we do but worship and praise Him? I break the fear of man. It is a snare from the enemy. God says He's going to come and break it off your life. You know, so many people are held down by the opinions of people. And in the end of the day, it matters nothing. God wants you to come alive. God sent Jesus so you would come alive. Come on. You're in a house of praises today. Nobody will be embarrassed by you. No one will say, you know, would you please tone it down? No one would say why. We all understand the power of praise and worship to defeat the enemy. So we ask, Lord, as we lift our hands this day, let praise be the defining attribute over our lives in Jesus' name. You put a song in our mouths, a song of praise and deliverance. Lord, we will make our boast in you. We will lift up your name. You said if we don't, the rocks would cry out. So we say, Lord, in this house, let praise define your people. Thank you, Lord, that you bring the victory. Thank you, Lord, that you are our fortress. You're our deliverer. You are mighty to save, mighty to deliver, mighty to set free. There is no one like our God. 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 No